This episode uh, is the 11th in a series of 100 on corporate finance. So let's pick up where we left off. Uh, the internal return rate test can provide more than one metric. Um, in certain instances, a manager may use a modified internal rate of return, which uses a single negative cash flow. There is no set way to modify project cash flow uh, to produce a modified internal return rate. Two approaches, though, solve the multiple internal rate problem. First, a manager could discount all of the negative cash flows to time zero and leave the positive cash flows alone. Second, the manager can leave the initial cash flow alone and compound all the remaining cash flows to the final period of the project. Here, the manager is implicitly reinvesting all of the cash flows from the project at the compound uh, rate until the project is complete. Up to this point, listeners um, have only considered decisions where the choice is either to accept or reject a single standalone project. There are occasions, though, where a firm must choose just one project from a set of several potential ones. If project options are mutually exclusive, it is not enough to determine whether or not a project has a positive and net present value. With mutually exclusive projects, the manager's goal is to rank the projects and choose only the best one or the project with the highest net present value. The investment return rule provides little guidance here because simply picking a project because of its large return rate can lead to mistakes. Problems, for instance, arise when mutually exclusive investments have differences in scale and when they have different cash flow patterns. This is so because a return percentage does not provide a dollar value and the percentage also provides little input into whether the firm will collect the positive cash flow, if any, from the project. When comparing projects with different uh, time spans, a manager might also use the equivalent annual annuity equation, and that is project cash flow is equal to present value uh, divided by open parentheses 1 divided by the interest rate, close parentheses, open parentheses 1 minus 1 divided by open parentheses 1 plus the interest rate, close parentheses, to the power of the number of periods, close parentheses. Different projects require different resources, though. If there is a fixed supply of the resource such that the manager cannot undertake all possible opportunities, uh, simply picking the project with the highest net present value may not lead to the best decision. While managers usually assume that they will be able to finance all positive net present value projects that they have, in reality, managers work within the constraint of a budget that restricts the amount of capital that they may invest in a given period. This constraint forces managers to choose among positive net present value projects that maximize the firm's total net present value while staying within the firm's budget. In scenarios where it may not be easy to identify the optimal combination of projects, managers use the profitability index. And that is, the profitability index is equal to value created divided by the amount of resources consumed. Or another way of saying this is that it is equal to the net present value divided by uh, the amount of resources consumed. This ratio measures the value of a, pro a project creates in terms of the net present value per unit or consumed resource. Uh, a calculated, after calculating the profitability index, managers can rank projects based on the metric. Listeners should note that this ratio is not um, ideal in cases where there is more than one constraint that the reader, that the, I'm sorry, the listener. Uh, must control for. More than that, um, IB analysts should pay attention to the figure to make sure the constraint resource uh, is completely utilized. And that brings us to the capital budgeting process, and we'll cover this briefly. So when analyzing an investment opportunity, the first thing a manager does is compile a list of potential projects. A capital budget lists the projects and investments that a firm plans to undertake during future years. 
To create this list, firms analyze alternate projects and decide which ones to accept through a process called capital budgeting. This process begins with forecasts of each project's future consequences for the firm. Some of these consequences will affect the firm's revenues, others will affect its costs. The ultimate goal here is to determine the effect of a decision to accept or reject a project on a firm's cash flows and evaluate the net present value of these cash flows to assess the consequences of the decision for the firm's value. Forecasting these cash flows can often prove to be challenging as managers must rely on information from different departments, past projects, and competitors. The process then turns to a consideration of incremental earnings, that is, the amount by which the firm's earnings are expected to change as a result of the investment decision. However, because earnings are not actual cash flows, a manager needs to estimate the latter figure to determine its net present value and decide whether it is a good project for the firm. In forecasting earnings, most analysts recognize that nearly all projects require some form of upfront investment. Costs such as marketing, prototype development, and campaign ads are treated uh, as operating costs in the year that they are incurred. A project, though, may also require capital expenditures um, for investments in realty or real property. Uh, while investments uh, in plants and equipment are a cash expense, these costs are not treated as such when calculating earnings. Instead, the firm deducts a fraction of the cost of these items each year as depreciation. While depreciation can be calculated in several ways, perhaps the simplest method is straight-line depreciation. Here, an asset's cost is divided equally over its depreciable life. Listeners with an interest in other more complex depreciation and amortization issues should consult a neighboring podcast on financial accounting, which is also featured in Filling in the Gap. <laughs> the next step uh, is to estimate the ongoing uh, revenues and costs for the project. Forecasting future revenues and costs is challenging. The most successful managers collect as much information as possible before taking this task on. There are at least two factors to consider here. First, a new product usually has lower sales initially as customers grow accustomed to the product. Sales will then accelerate, plateau, and decline as the good faces increase competition. Second, the average selling price for a product and its cost of production will vary over time as well. Uh, prices tend to rise with the general level of inflation in the economy, and this task that I've been describing can be described um, for those who are mathematically inclined with this formula. Here, your incremental earnings before interest and taxes are going to be equal to your incremental revenue minus your incremental costs minus depreciation. And that concludes this short session, which is the 11th of 100 on corporate finance.